a fascinating thing is revealed when we look at some of the commentators, some of the Mepharshim on Avram's tests. And really, it's the same thing which happens whenever we look more deeply at almost any topic in Torah. We realize that we're looking at it one way, that isn't necessarily wrong, but it's far from being, let's call it, the whole truth and incomplete picture, which is really why we have to keep learning, and learning how to learn, and delving into things our whole lives. When we think about the test, and the word test, we think it is like the same basic structure as if you imagine someone in a motorcycle accident. You have this good-looking, jocular guy, prime of his career, middle of his youth, suddenly, tragically, in a wheelchair, after skidding for three city blocks, he courageously pushes through all the obstacles and makes a life for himself. We're a great general in World War II, moving from one what we call theater to another, starts in Anzio, Italy, moves up north to Normandy, France, across the Rhine into the German homeland, VE Day, that's victory over Victory in Europe Day, back stateside? No, no, no. Now he goes to the Pacific Theater, Guadalcanal, Iwo Jima, maybe Japan itself. Thank God he was safe from that, together with a million Allied casualties. So too, Avram Avinu had to let himself be thrown into Nimrod's furnace, go to Israel, finally get to Israel, they have to deal with a famine, has to fight for four really powerful kings, save his, save his nephew, get a Mila, kick out one son, and the greatest of all has to sacrifice his beloved only son. The one who was con- supposed to be, continue his message to the world, the message of a merciful, not needing anything for himself, God. Rabbi Yonah learns that even having to buy a kever, what we saw in our Chevron Tio was also a test. So Avram was really the greatest bearer of difficulty and personal achievement despite that in history. But that's not how a lot of Mepharshim see it. And I was thinking more. This seeing things differently, Rabosai, isn't just about going deeper. It's more about the natural way we see things in today's mindset. Good or bad. When we hear the word test today, maybe because of a lot of YouTube videos, maybe because of a lot of inspirational speakers, maybe because of books we've read, we say it means overcoming adversity, the ability to overcome adversity and continue. Like the motorcycle guy picture. But that's not even the whole or even the main point of the picture of Robert's tests. And that's another reason why we have to learn deeply in the Torah. Because Torah is always taking us off a paradigm using Karlinski and parlance. And the paradigm for us is so often the natural way we see things. But Torah, there's a lot more. And by delving into the Mepharshim, we get a more objective, a more pristine, ultimately a more accurate picture of things. Let's see. No less than Rashi and Pirkei Elvis. On the Mishnah of Asar Nisyonis, that's belt on a Mishnah of us, Asar Nisyonis Nisnasa Vermavinu, says this. Listen to these words. Hare asara, velo hear her achar mitos of Yisborach. And he didn't question God. Lahar achar mitos means to question. 
Lahar Her means to think about. Achramidosov, after his ways. Mirobavoso. Avram Avinu had such a love for Hashem, he didn't question him. And the way Rashi says it seems to be that is the essential part of Avram's test. Not the standing in adversity itself, the way we naturally think about the motorcycle story. It was not being Maharach Hashem. It's not just Rashi, the Rashbats and his long parish in Avis. Maginavot says this. He didn't question. And because of his non-questioning, therefore he was called a lover of Hashem. Hopefully you said it this morning. I found his heart trustworthy in front of me. Because he didn't question me. And he was Zacha, it seems to be, he means to say, through this quality of not questioning, the whole world appreciates who Abraham was and blesses. Wow. This is a totally different picture. It wasn't standing the test itself. It was that, of course. But what's being emphasized is not saying, why is God doing this to me? Do I really deserve this? Come on, God, give me a break. This doesn't make sense. Creator! Even though this is not right, doesn't feel good? I don't like it, but I'm going to grip my teeth and do it anyway. No. Avram's heart was Naaman. He didn't waver in his great faith. And there was plenty to ask about, but he didn't do that. He went with the fullest heart imaginable. Total love. And it seems from the Tashbats that that's what love is all about. And that's really what the Mishnah says. Let's continue with the Mishnah. Asara Nisyono Nasa Avinu. Ten trials did Adam go through. To teach how much was his love. Shall Avram. It wasn't adversity getting through without God. It wasn't even adversity getting through with questioning Hashem anyway. This is not what I want. I'll take it. It was full love, full trust. Let's put some meat on the skeleton, give some background to this idea, and finally think together what the messages for us could be on our level. So our guide is going to be Ramosha Feinstein. Let's talk about the Akedah. We're putting a lot of weeks together here as we really begin to learn about Avram's life. Whew, what questions Avram could have had? It says in Yitzchak, in Isaac, your, your, your seed will be called. You said, I will have a son that will carry on the tradition. I have brought to the world your light, not my light, your way, where human sacrifice makes no sense. Isn't that what we have moved from? That was paganism. God, this is crazy. Oh, hear, here. No questions. How about the Nisayin of Lech Lecha? Ramosha asks a famous question. What was Nisayin there? Let's look at Rashi. Lech Lecha. What's Lecha? Lech Lecha. Go to yourself. Lahanascha For your pleasure. Lechavascha. For your good. Visham. There I'll make you into a great nation. Here you don't have children. There you're going to have children. Vodo. Diechat Tivacha Ba'olam. And you will become famous and well known. That's a Nisayin. Go to this place. Guess what? It's all going to work out. Don't this businessmen do that all the time? Travel to China. Uh, 
uh, Indonesia, back to the States for Parnassa, England. And that's for a Suffolk, right? Why do you go to China? Maybe I'll find the next product. Maybe I'll find a good company to work with. Maybe I'll smoke salmon. Maybe government will close me down. You don't know. But Avram had a guarantee for the Bono Shalom it's going to work out for him. But Avram could have had a question, Ramosha says. Bashefer. That's how in Yiddish you say the Creator. Why there? You can give me all that right here. It seems cruel. Imagine if someone says to you, I can give you everything right where you are, but for no apparent reason I want you to travel somewhere else. Imagine if after this schmooze, Ronnie says to you, you need to go pick up your lunch in Denya Square. Not in Kikar, in, not in, not in Denya, not in the, the, the cafe. No, the lunch is, the regular lunch is there. Ronnie, why? Is it special? Do I get ice cream afterwards? Cut seven? No. Why, Ronnie? Kaha. Kaha? You never look at Ronnie the same. That's not the Ronnie we've grown to know and love. Is he a control freak or something? Not here, there. Go get it. Is it going to be a good lunch? Yeah. Something special? No. Is something unique over there? No. But Adam Ravina had no questions. The Mila. Here, perhaps in his biggest Kiddush. The Mila is a tremendously Chaviv Mitzvah. What's the Nisayan in that? That Adam, that's one of the Nisayon, that he had the Mila. Why is that called the Nisayon? Sir Moshe has a brilliant insight, which anybody who is interested in going into Kirov Chinuch education, which we really all are, because everybody wants to have children, and we all say, Lalame, they have to teach teacher children. So remember this. The Torah tells us that Kohanim have an Isser to shave their beards. Right? The same Isser we have of using a shaver, right? They have. Why? You know why? Because we don't want Kohanim to look like monks. Monks live a different life. They shave their heads, I'm talking generally, live differently, lock themselves away. I'm talking in the classical picture. Priests don't get married. And you know what the non-Jews say? Look, I'm not a monk. I'm not a monk. They're holy and I'm not. And the monk's hashpa, his ability to connect to people, is removed. Just to mention something about Ramosha's very illustrious son, David Feinstein and many Gedoli Yisrael who passed away a few years later and himself was one of the Gedoli Ador. Rabbi was incredibly humble and a normal person. Short beard, short coat, no airs about him. Reuben Feinstein, his son, his brother, excuse me, said, my brother was the most normal Gedoli Ador you'll ever meet. And even as he had became the central posek in America, which he basically was, he used to eat breakfast every day in a pizza store. Could, I mean, could you imagine Moshe Feinstein, uh, could you imagine Chaim Kanievsky, and we're not putting anybody down, God forbid, but just stops in a pizza store to order breakfast day after day? The eggs, please. Thank you. He used to store the MTJ day school basketballs in his office. And when the kids would need a basketball, they used to come to his office. And he would wish them good playing. And many Gedolim had a wonderful sense of humor. Shalom Shwadron. When he needed electrical work done in his house, you think he called an electrician? He called his brother, Rabbi Shalom Zalman Orbach. Rabbi Shalom Zalman loved electricity. He had a technical problem. He called Rabbi Shalom Zalman. 
Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel Mazalman's son, was asked once, what did you and your father discuss over breakfast? You used to eat breakfast together. So Rabbi Shmuel said, I can tell you this, there were no malachim there, we would sometimes discuss halachic shayla, sometimes my father would say, pass the salt, and that was our breakfast. And I was seeing even Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky in a sermon, it was very down to earth, it took me a while to, to realize this. He had a daily schedule, he smiled, even little children could, could write him letters, and he would answer them. Ultimately, that allows someone to have more hashba. As other worldly people, as, they, as otherworldly as they might also be. Okay, so that's the principle that Moshe builds. The reason the Kohanim have an Isser to shave, and they have to have beards, you know, just like we do, is because Hashem doesn't want them to be seen. They're priests, but not monks. They're people connected to us, but not separate from us. Now, how does that play in here? Avram Avinu knew this. He was a man of the people, all the people, Avram Goyim. I'm a father of the whole world. And Hashem hits him with a mila and says, you know what? This is just for you and your children. What, we're going to be different? We're going to be monk-like? We're not going to be like the rest of the world? That's not a message which Avram Avinu jived with him because he wanted to have Ashba in the whole world. Monotheism for everybody. Jews are going to be different. What about monotheism? What about my life's work? He didn't ask that question. Lo here, here. Shem, you say, I'm going with that. Finally, the final Nisayan, according to Rabbeinu Yon and other Rishonim, which was Kurasara. What was that? So Rabbeinu Yonah says like this, ishto lo He didn't find a place to bury her. That was also Nisayan. The whole Kevin story. Now, why is that an Nisayan? You have to go buy a Kevin. We buy things all the time. I just bought a bing pong table. I got pieces don't match. I'm a lot more upset about that than Avram was about this. I don't know what to do. If anybody has an answer for me, it doesn't match. I should have paid the 250 shekel and had them build it. It's silly. Okay. So here's my explanation. I think the idea is this. After everything I went through, I've proven myself Hashem to the nth degree. My son could be gone by now. No son, no Zerah, no nothing. I was in the Kipshanesh. I came to Eretz I left Eretz I did the Mila. Everything. Now this also? I haven't proven myself enough? It should be smooth sailing. You know I am. Where's the trust? I have to struggle burying my dear wife, deal with Ephron and all this. The trickery? Come on. No hear her. Now I think for us to relate to this. Okay, so that is... Begadol, this new look for many of us, I think from the natural default position of the, when we hear Nisayin of Avram, means he had to go through things. So again, we're emphasizing it wasn't the going through, it was the not questioning Hashem th- as he's going through them and through going through them. We need a little introduction to relate to this ourselves, right? They were 4,000 years ago. So today's, in today's parlance, uh, we very often speak about the of us relating to their specific midah. Avram was this, Yitzhak was this, Yaakov was that. Very good. But in what ways were they all the same? What shared characteristics did Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov had? What was on their mind? So I'm going to give a free translation of the Rabbah Menor Nebuchim. This is what the Ram says about the klal of the Avos, of Avram, about Yitzhak, and about Yaakov together. As they were speaking with people and taking care of physical needs, 
Their minds were totally with Hashem. And He was always in their heart. I am asleep, and my heart is awake. The voice of my beloved knocks. They got to the point that they made His name known in the world. Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. And they, all they did with people and in business was only in their limbs. But their minds and hearts never left Him. And all they did was to found a nation that would know God and worship Him. They were God-crazy. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were in love with their Bonashon. Always thinking about him, always focused on him. Physically, I'm here, but my mind is elsewhere. Now, of course, they didn't, if you think about doing this, they didn't make people feel bad or ignored. That wouldn't be righteousness. It's not a righteous thing, just to make people feel ignored. They had the ability, listen to this, to be fully present and to be fully not present. By the way, the Rambam writes there that only the Avas and Moshe Rabbeinu reached this Madrega. That's in the fullest sense. But you have to know there were Gedolim still who reached the Me'ain of that, even in our times. I heard from Revolva many times. Revolva said many times about Rabbi Yerucham, his Rebbe, the Mashkiach of, of the Mir Yeshiva, that Rabbi Yerucham could and would speak to anybody. He's a very, very friendly person, an outgoing person, a charismatic person. But we all knew that he was really somewhere else. As much as he was speaking to us, and he was, and he, you know, the Mir Yeshiva got separated at a certain point in time. I think there were 400, 500 Talmidim. Yerucham said it took him three days by the time the Yeshiva got back together, and he knew everybody in the Yeshiva again. He was totally with everybody, but he was totally away from everybody. So let's put this Ram together well, with, with the Rashi and the Tashbats for a second. When you're Mahar about Hashem all the time, when you have that type of relationship, when you're love like Avram, the other covenants, the questions aren't questions. Because you know God so well. Every question really disappears. It's the same one I've been thinking about all the time. Who told me to bury my wife again? I love him. I've been thinking about him for 80 years. When you never think, now we're getting to what's relevant to us guys. When you never really think about your creator and all he does for you and he throws you challenges, then you're full of questions. There's a wonderful book by Stephen Covey Jr., called The Speed of Trust. The basic idea there is when there's trust, things move. Warren Buffett has sealed hundred million, multi-hundred million dollar deals with the handshakes. No lawyers, no complex contracts, no teams, a handshake. When trust is low, everything is slow. That's the speed of trust. You need guarantees on guarantees. Everything's a question when trust is low. Let's look at another happening with Avram Avinu quickly and see what it means to put Hashem first. Avram comes back after defeating the four kings. Everyone was excited about this great general. Now, does anybody see anything wrong in these psukim? I don't. Umalki Tzedek, Melech Shalem, Malki Tzedek, who was Shem, and he was the king of a place called Shalem, where they're into Shlemut, Melech Shalem, Hoti Lechem V'yayin. And he blessed Avram. Blessed is Avram to God. Blessed is God. This is shame. Noah's son, Avram Avinu's great, great, great grandfather. But more than that, shame was a beacon of divine wisdom to the world. This is where Yaakov Avinu at 63, after imbibing the lessons of his father and his grandfather, went to learn by this person in his base measure for 14 years. He was the king of Shalem. A place which strive for spiritual perfection. But listen to what the Gemara in the Dharma says, a critique. 
He says the original plan was that kahuna priesthood would come out through shame, but he missed it here. You know why? Because he gave a bracha to Avram first and to Hashem second. That's not the way you do it. You blew it. You lost the chain. You're who Kohen Lekelo Yon? Who Kohen? Bizarro in Kohanim. If you don't get that clear, you're going to bless Hashem, but first you bless Avram, you're not the guy. Victor Miller points out brilliantly what a simple error this was. Let's think who Avram was. He had, as we'd say in Yiddish, Alamilis. He was a leader, an idealist. He was wealthy. He was wise. Josephus brings that he taught, the, uh, he taught the Egyptians mathematics and astronomy. He was a prince in the eyes of the people. He was handsome. How do we know he was handsome? Because the wisdom of a person lights up his face, and then there's no one as wise as him. He had an awesome, overwhelming charisma. And he was a great warrior. He just saved the whole area from the four kings. Well, that's true. But Hashem comes first. A Rebbe, a Rav, is just a way to connect. They're ladders. We don't worship a ladder. But the others never forgot. That's not a mistake that Avram would make. That's an understandable mistake. That was Malki Tzedek's mistake. That was Shem's mistake. It's a mistake we would all make. It's a mistake we do make. But not the others. And Kuna went out from them. So we're both saying, These are obviously basic and important ideas, but how do we connect them? How do we work on us, on these ideas, a little bit from where we are? Okay? Bring Hashem more into our life, a little bit more amuna, a little bit more belief, because that's really, you know, sometimes in the Chesed Vura Teferis world, it's interesting, you take this part out of the picture, you know, that the others were really about amuna and connection to the Rona Shalom, in base. And that's where the Chesed came out of, and that's where the Gvur came out of, and that's where the Ferris came out of. But what's the basis of the Avas? Is what the Ramam tells in Marnavukam. So let's just give two or three ideas. Paying more attention to Brachas and Davening. Isn't it ridiculous to spend an hour and a half a day or so on something and not know what we're doing? So many people religious people of all stripes and kippot, and voting in all different ways. Davening means so little to them. It's such a shame. It's such a waste of time. You're spending an hour, an hour and a half, a day, picking yourself up, going to Minion, hopefully, and it's it's so dry. And brachas, are supposed to make no less than 100 brachas a day. Maya, God wants a hundred brachas. Do we really want to do something a hundred times that should be meaningless? If we pay just a little bit of attention, we're connecting. We're looking for a little focus, not big things, not big kavanas. Ari's kavanas, a little focus, a little connection. Those are nice words, focus, connection, those are consciousness. Those are, those are popular words today. Be a little conscious, I'm talking to myself, everybody realizes that, right? Second one, we're both saying, this is even more important, I think. Seeing all the good in our lives and attributing it to Hashem. Of course there are trials and tribulations. We all have it. We all have things that don't go the way we would like on bigger scales and smaller scales, significant scales, small stuff, big stuff. 
But think about it. If you're looking at me and if you're hearing this now, you can see, you're hearing, everyone here has a sense of balance. You know, think about what it would be to have not a sense of balance. I read about a 30-year-old woman one time, a happening lady, big career. She suddenly started to feel like, and neurologically, it wasn't emotional. She felt like she was falling the whole time. What a life, to feel like you're falling the whole time. She, that's it. None of this is a given. You can twinkle your fingers and toes. Our digestive systems are basically working. Many of us are married, have children. We have amuna, we have belief, we have meaning. How much is amuna worth? You have something that Elon can't buy with all of his billions. Amuna. Meaning. He can't buy your amuna. We're billionaires many times over. I'll prove it to you. If I own a Rembrandt worth $300 million that I won't sell, I'm definitely a multi-multi-millionaire. So think about all the things in your life that if someone would ask you for them, you wouldn't sell. Your eyesight, one, two, fingers. I've gone through this sometimes with Talmudim. Some people say maybe half a pinky. Okay. <laughs> your legs, one leg, two legs. We're billionaires. But you have to, here's the point, guys. It's not enough to hear from me, and it's not enough for me to say it. You have to constantly think about these things and reiterate them to yourselves. All the things you have. And then when you don't get something, it doesn't bother you. Well, because if life starts here, I have, I deserve everything, and it's all just a background, then I'm not getting this. So God, so why did the righteous suffer? Look, I woke up with a sickness today. I'm not sickness cover, but I woke up not feeling well yesterday. Two days not feeling good. One thing to myself, why did the righteous suffer? I'm just joking. You know, I stubbed my toe. Why did the righteous suffer? You know, it's such a pillow. Yeah, because you didn't think about the billions and billions and billions of dollars you had in the bank. Rabosai, now what do you look like when you don't train yourself in this thinking? I want to share with you something from the Atlantic. This is the first time I ever read the Atlantic. Someone gave it to my wife. And this is unbelievable. So there's a woman here. I won't go into the whole thing. This is from, I think, the May 2020. She had a whole thing she wants to like change her personality around and she's doing a whole test for three months very interesting okay so she says he wants to work on gratitude yes sir so i purchased i purchased a notebook whose cover said give me those bright sunshiny vibes that's a nice notebook i soon noticed though that my gratitude lips lists were repetitive odes to creature comforts and entertainment this is all she could come up with what you come up with gavaldi netflix yoga TikTok, leggings, wine. Baruch Hashem, she cut her finger cooking, so then she felt gratitude for dictation software. <laughs> but then my finger healed. One day she writes, very hard to come up with new things to say. I wrote one day, you're not embarrassed to write this? Like, really? That's really where you're at? Think about it. There's an intelligent woman writing for a, a reputable magazine, right? She's featured here, the whole thing. And she's not embarrassed to write that all she can come up with is TikTok and leggings, you know? That shows you what people can get to. And now, what happens when she has a real tsar in her life? The righteous are suffering. Because I have nothing. All I have is this pain. Okay, third and final. Finally, from time to time, we have to ask ourselves this question on both sides. With all my progress in learning, even doing mitzvahs, hashkafa, midot, personal development, am I getting closer to the Rabbanu Shalom? Do I care more what he says? That's a good, that's a good question. 
Do I care more what he says than I cared 10 years ago? Do I feel at all indebted to him? Do I think about his honor? What's his plan for the world at all? There are many forms to this. Of course, it's not going to be the non-stop Zvekas of the Abbas. But something. Ask those questions. Avravinu Rabosa was the one who brought Amuna to this world. This is our avoda in these weeks. To follow in his footsteps and in his thinking and bring Hashem into our lives and the lives of other people.